This is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley and the Paladin Financial Team. Basically, the more accounts you have, the more opportunities there are for mistakes. So taking control of your assets may help you to avoid some of those common mistakes that investors make. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here's Paladin Financial Talk. Welcome all to another edition of Paladin Financial Talk. My name is Matt Bryant, and I'm joined here with Tony Shore, and we'll be taking you on a tour of financial literacy in your 30s and 40s. The goal, of course, is to hit your financial goals in those decades so that you can set yourself up for a successful retirement. Well, Matt, this is a great idea for a show, but where were you uh, 20 years ago? Uh, Because I'm... (laughs) We can help you now. (laughs) I know you can, and you are. You are. But but yeah, I missed that by a good 20 years. Uh, So... uh... (laughs) Yeah, and that's... Hopefully we can grab some listeners out there that are coming up on that age, or I know a lot of our listeners are of retirement age, but they have kids and yep. their kids are kids probably and coming up on their 30s. Twenties, thirties, forties. Yep. Yep. That's true. Their children are probably in their thirties and forties. So I, I do think this is an important topic and something we don't typically talk about on mm-hmm. the show. That's kind of an age gap that's missed. We've done shows on where to start when you're in your twenties, when you get that first full-time job. And we've talked a lot about 50 plus, mm-hmm. right? You know, how to, you know, the final stretch right before retirement and income planning for retirement. But as far as financial literacy and financial steps in your 30s and 40s, that often gets overlooked. I think this is going to be a a great episode. So, Matt, let's jump into it. What do you have for us first? All right, Tony, personal question. Were you an awkward teenager? (laughs) Look at me. (laughs) Okay. I mean, it looks like I swallowed five pizzas whole this morning. Um, (laughs) No, I actually, yes and no. I mean, I wasn't the total uh, geek nerd in high school or, you know, grade school, high school, uh, but somewhat. I mean, I was in band. Uh, I liked art and music. Um, You know, I was never a big sports guy, even though I was in football. Okay. Uh, for a long time, uh, all the way up until 11th grade, pretty much, 10th okay. grade, yeah. So investing or financial literacy in your 30s is a lot like your awkward teenage years. Okay. So you've been an adult for 10 years or so. You probably haven't acted like one the whole time, but <laughs> you're in your 30s now. You're likely in a serious relationship. Maybe you're married. Sure. Have a kid or two, your first mortgage perhaps. So things are new and you're growing as a person still, right, and your financial background is also growing. So sure. there's a lot of things you do in your 30s that set you up for success in your 60s and 70s when you're in retirement. And we see that all the time. You can see the people that prepared along the way because when they come to us in their 60s, you can see that they have things in place. Now, there's also people that got a late start or didn't have the financial literacy exposure growing up and you can Mm -hmm. see what that looks like too when you're coming up on their 60s. So when you are in your 30s, you want to take advantage of what you have ahead of you, which is time. You've got the greatest asset is time. And when you talk about investing and saving for retirement, 
you have the power of compounding interest on your side. Sure. So you may not be able to save a lot when you're in your 30s, but the fact that you have three or four decades ahead of you allows that money to grow. As an example, let's say you're 30 years old and you have 65,000 invested. Yeah. If you grow that at 8% per year, by the time you're 66, you have a million dollars, even if you never invested another dollar. That's just the power of letting time and compounding interest work for you. Compounding interest is wonderful, isn't yes. it? Yes, yes. It's one of the biggest attributes you have. And it may not seem like much investing 500 bucks a paycheck or $1,000 a month, whatever it may be. But if you have time on your side and you invest aggressively, you're going to turn out to be in a It's going to be huge. Pretty yeah. good you're going to be You're going to be set. I mean, uh, how many times, Matt, have you heard people that come to you saying, wow, I wish I would have known this or worked with you when mm-hmm. I was in my 30s. I wish I had started in my 30s or even 40s, right? Yeah. It's, it's crazy the amount. Pretty much everybody, I bet, says Right. That. Everybody wished they had started earlier or with more money. Now, you're in your 30s. Those aren't your peak earning years for most people. Sure. So you don't necessarily have a lot to be investing. Um, you're probably starting a family. I hear, you know, houses are expensive. Kids are expensive. Um, but you need to set something aside along the way. Yeah. Um, you're going to grow your career. You're going to make more money down the road. But two things you can do is save and minimize how much debt you have. Sure. Sure. That's huge. Uh, okay. So I was a geek in high school. We started there. Okay. Good. <laughs> and those awkward years. But yes, in your 30s, uh, you need to really settle down. Uh, you're an adult now. You are. You have, you, are. To, you have to really, that's when you need to start seriously putting socking away mm-hmm. uh, and investing. So I, I think that that makes sense. Um, uh, so you mentioned financial literacy, which mm-hmm. is part of the show. So that's just financial education, right? And yeah. you get that by working with somebody like yourself, a yeah. financial services professional, right? Absolutely. So a big part of what we do when we work with younger clients is educating them on the why they mm-hmm. need to be making these certain types of decisions. Sure. Um, you know, we can tell someone what to do, but if you understand why you're doing it, you're more likely to stick with it. So minimizing debt, investing, not living beyond your means, all those things are going to set you up for success down the road. Yeah. Uh, One thing I noticed, and I've talked to a lot of people, you know, I have three kids and during their high school years, they didn't teach personal finance or basics at all. Uh, When they were seniors, there was one personal finance class and it was an elective Mm -hmm. that was for like one quarter, right? It wasn't even, you know, it's not a year long class. So that was very minimal. And it was an elective at that point. Right. So they really don't have it. I wish they would start teaching it in sixth or seventh grade finance. finance. And I don't understand why they don't like same when I was in high school, there was an elective that you could take. I was fortunate enough to grow up in a household that, you know, financial literacy was talked about. So I had, I did not. I did not in my household. I mean, my mom and dad worked hard, but they Mm -hmm. never talked about finance or illustrated that to me. And it's something that impacts everybody. So why not teach it at a younger age? Because, you know, you may never use that trigonometry again, but everybody's going to have to pay taxes or file a return or provide for themselves at some point. So it's just, it's crazy that it's not something that's addressed. Sure. So, um, obviously, uh, you know, you've got all these things. So what, uh, you mentioned debt, 
Mm-hmm. That's one thing that people need to deal with at this age or watch out for. Yes. So it, in, in not all debt is bad. For example, mm-hmm. most people don't have the means to go out and buy a house pure cash, right? Right. right. Um, so you go to the bank, you get a mortgage, they loan you the money, you pay it back over 30 years or whatnot. That's not a necessarily a bad debt to have. Now, of course, you want to do it reasonably. You don't want to be buying that million dollar house when you can afford 300 because you're going to be in a tough spot. And you might want to wait for interest rates to go down yes, just a little might bit. Want to, uh, but we locked down, in but... it. I think we're at 2.7 or 2.9 uh, with our mortgage, my wife and I. So why not use the bank's money? Because people mm-hmm. are often like, oh, I need to pay off my mortgage before I retire. So they take money out of their retirement account where it's making compounding interest, where if they left it 10 more years, right. it could earn and much more. Uh, well, the bank's money, you're only paying them less than 3, 3% or less, a lot of folks with mm-hmm. their mortgages, uh, unless they recently got into a mortgage. Yes. But it'll get back down there, I it think. It will. And and that's one thing we talk with clients a lot, too, is they have that great rate, and you can get guaranteed rates at the bank right now that are higher than what your mortgage rate is. So a lot of people want to pay off their house because it feels good to not have that debt. But financially, you need to also look at the math, the math of it. And Do we help math. clients navigate that to say, you're better off investing this and potentially earning more rather than paying that off. Although it feels good, if you can plan for it, you're going to come out ahead most likely. So yeah. that's a big one. Yeah, it depends on your personal situation though, mm-hmm. right? How much you still owe on the mortgage, what right. your interest rate is. Uh, a lot of times, yes, it is good to have that mortgage paid off. Uh, but at the same time, you know, a mortgage can be good debt if it's low interest. Low interest. Uh, and if you're in a situation where, you know, you've got a few years, keep paying that off, keep using the bank's money for mm-hmm. that and use your money to grow. Yeah. And for growth. Mortgage interest is tax deductible. So, you know, if you're not filing the standard, you still get a tax deduction, which benefits you. Now there's bad debt. That's the thing though. You don't want to carry credit card debt, for example. Oh, sure. You're looking at 15, 20, 25% interest And a lot of younger people can get caught up in that, especially if they're trying to get established in their thirties or get married. Easy to put that ring and honeymoon Mm -hmm. or a house, you move into a house, you put that move expense on a credit card and all of a sudden you're starting off uh, that family life from behind the, you know. And that's a stressful situation to be in when that you're paying that credit card every month, but the balance is still growing, Yes, you wind up in a tough spot. Now, credit cards can work to your benefit. Um, you can get a lot of rewards through credit cards if you use it right, but you have to pay off your balance every month. Yeah. If you're not disciplined uh, or the mm-hmm. temptation is going to be there, yeah, you got to keep your credit cards paid off. Yep. That's just the bottom line right there. My wife and I use our credit cards and we get good rewards each year. My wife makes fun of me for being a nerd about it because this one has X amount for gas and this one's good for groceries. But if you do it right and pay it off, you're in a good spot. But you don't want that debt coming in every month. Where Especially now. Yeah. There are credit cards at 30% right yeah, now. Yeah. You're never getting out of that cycle. And that's basically loan sharking. I don't mm-hmm. know why the government even allows any interest to be that high it's, at any point. It's suffocating, especially yeah. for a lot of 30-year-olds these days who have student loans as well. Yeah. My son is 24, married, had to find you know apartment, has to cover living expenses. Both him and his wife work full-time. However, it's still tough. They mm-hmm. still can't afford a house. They still need to worry about watching that credit card debt, yeah. making sure that stays paid off. So Yep. 
So those the credit card debt's the killer. So having debt is not a bad thing, but you want to manage it appropriately. You don't want all your paycheck going to pay those sorts of things. And you also want to make sure you're still investing because that's sure. what's going to grow your wealth over time. Sure. And you mentioned compounding interest. And, you know, a, a, a lot of times, like you said, there are higher interest rates now for certain things mm-hmm. that you can get. Um, and you want to have some growth. Um, how, how can people get that? How can they get the growth and the compounding interest? What are some things we can do to get that uh, for, for you if you're in your 20s or 30s? So you want to invest that money. It's, you know, you want to save it and have, you know, you don't want to set it in the bank though, because if it's retirement money, and you have that 30-year time horizon, you want to make sure you're investing in the stock market, basically. Even if it's not for retirement, you don't want it in, even if it's for long-term, like in Mm -hmm. three years you want to buy a house, you don't want to leave that chunk of money sit in savings where you're not earning interest or under the mattress, which is the same thing, or keeping up with inflation at least, because there are options out there where Mm -hmm. you can earn you know, between five and 10% in growth accounts sometimes yep. at this point in time. So and with interest rates higher, you got to take advantage of that. You right? do. And a lot of banks will be happy to let your money sit there, giving you one tenth of 1%. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we help clients navigate that. You know, what, what vehicles are, exist out there that are maybe conservative with better rates, or you have that time horizon, invest in good, good companies. You can buy index funds a, you know, grow it aggressively because you have the time on your side. Yeah. You also want to make sure you're getting that company match. So if you're in a good spot where uh, your your company gives you a 401k or retirement plan match, take advantage of that. That's basically free money. So at least get the three or five percent, whatever it may be that they're giving you, because that's going to help you grow faster too. Yeah, that's a good point, uh, especially in your 30s. You have that time horizon before retirement, mm-hmm. so you know you're not going to need that money for at least another 20, 30 years, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, it's not anything you're going to need even a year from now. So you want to put that in long-term growth where you can get more interest yep. for it is what you're saying. Yep. And you know the stock market averages 9 to 10% a year, but it could be down 30% one year. And people are like, I don't, I, 2022, I don't want to lose my money. Yeah, could be down. down 20% in yep. 2022, could be up in 2023, 2024. Yeah. Over time, it goes up. And if you are young and you don't need that money, you don't have to worry about the dips as much, especially if you're investing when the money, when sure. the market's down, oh, yeah. you come out ahead. So Because you're still putting money in regularly yep. on at least a monthly basis to that, uh, at least you should be putting in as much as possible mm-hmm. each month. And that way, when it dips, that's the best time to be putting money in. It's a right? sale. Everybody yeah. likes a sale except for when it comes to the stock market and people freak out and they don't want to buy anymore. Yeah. So. Why is it, Matt, that when... And I heard Warren Buffett talking about this and other talking heads. I know you and Jeff Foley have talked about this, but why is it that you read the majority of people who invest uh, buy high and sell low, pull their money out when the market's on years like 2022 Mm -hmm. when the market's down, and then when the market's way up and hitting record highs, that's when they put their money in. Why is that? Because uh, it's the opposite it's of the what opposite. you should do. And it's your nest egg, too, which yeah. is what makes it so aggravating to watch is their emotions get in the way. So they can't handle looking at their balances They're like, drop. is this it? Is it going to crash? This Are we going to see depression yeah, or, or, or Great Recession? Yep. Yeah. And they don't have a plan. That's part of it, too. Like when you have a financial advisor in your corner that can help you navigate the whys sure. of this, why is this happening? What should I do? 
more likely than not, you're going to come out just fine. And yeah. if you have a good advisor that can tell you to buy more, that's going to help you as well. But sure. panicking when the market's low, you're never going to recover from that. Yeah. And I mean, Warren Buffett, the Oracle of Omaha, probably one of the greatest mm-hmm. investors we've ever seen in this country as far as the stock market is concerned. Berkshire Hathaway, mm-hmm. uh, he says, I love it. Years like 2022, I put more in. Yeah. And then when the market peaks, I'm, you know, when I hear when we hit record highs, I'm moving things around. Mm-hmm. I'm reinvesting the profits. So uh, he is doing what you should do, which is buy low and sell high. But almost nobody does that. I've read the statistics are crazy. No, right? it's it's everybody's waiting for that next crash. I should say yeah. everybody. A lot of people are waiting for that next crash to happen, or you know, they think tomorrow they invest today. Tomorrow's when the market. Or the market's up for everything. two months and they're like, wow, it's hitting record highs. I better jump in. Yep. The market sets all-time highs over time. If it didn't, nobody would invest in it. So right. these companies that make up the stock market grow. If they don't, then they're not going to exist. Right. So it's it's aggressive. It can be volatile. But when you have the right time horizon and the right plan, that's what pays off. Which you. You, which you definitely have the time horizon if you're mm-hmm. in your 30s and 40s is what we're talking about today. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Okay. So what about, what's next? What else should you do when you're in your 30s and 40s that we need to know about? So you need to protect your family and that would be something like life insurance or having your estate plan with some basic documents built because people can die in their 30s or 40s. True. Um, Accidents are the leading cause of death for that demographic. So imagine being 35 years old, two kids, you're the primary breadwinner, you go to work today, you die in a car crash, or you get into a wreck and you can no longer work at that particular job. What impact is that gonna have on your family? So having life insurance, even if it's term life insurance to cover your kids as they grow up, enough to pay for the house and pay replace your income, that's important to consider. Yeah, huge. Um, and having a state plan, basic documents put in place, healthcare directives, power of attorney, um, wills and trusts, things like that, so that if, God forbid, something bad happened to you, your family's still protected. Sure. So that's good. Have uh, have an estate plan or a legacy mm-hmm. plan, life insurance. That's important, especially at the, in this age range, because you've got kids, you've, you've got, got kids. a family. Yep. Uh, they're not grown and have their full-time jobs yet. So you're the main breadwinner. You or your spouse. So you want to have these things in place. You don't want to leave your loved ones in a bad situation. No, especially yeah. if you are the primary earner. They've got 5, 10, 15 years before the kids are out of the house and you've got a more mortgage and you probably have a car payment, that's a tough spot to put your surviving spouse in if you're not properly covered. Yeah. And probably, um, I don't know if we mentioned it, but an emergency fund, right? Yeah. Yeah. We should all have an emergency fund. Have an emergency fund. Um, six months at least of, of expenses. You know, you never know when you're going to lose your job, for example, or tree falls on the house, you get in a car wreck, you have to pay the deductible, kid breaks his arm. These are things that come out of pocket, 500, 1,000, 2,000 here, you don't want to have to tap into your nest egg that you've been doing all that saving in. Yeah, true. To fund that. So you want to have the cash just sitting there. You can access it same day. Sure. 
help protect and yourself. And easier said than done, especially it when is. you're in your earlier working years, like in your 30s. But, uh, you know, people who say, I don't have any extra to put away, you do. You can make it. You can you can put money into your savings yep. at, for an emergency fund, and you can put money into your retirement account. Um, you know, you might have to start small, but you can put something in there each each. Yeah, paycheck. and it's, it's, you know, everyone wants to take the family vacation, and there's things that you should be doing. You still want to live life, but... Sure. There's some basics that you can do to set yeah. things aside so you're not hamstringing yourself down yeah, the road. Yeah, you can just do simple little things like eat mm-hmm. out less and that type of thing and put more money away. Yeah. And you've got time. So don't wait until you're 40 or 50 to do it. Start it as yeah. soon as you can. Yeah. Um, so uh, obviously, uh, then in, in the 40, in the, most of that really applies, especially if you're in your 30s. Mm-hmm. What about those listeners who are in their 40s? What, so what do you see happening there with people you meet with? In your 40s, your career's pretty well established. You still likely have kids in the house, but they're older now. Sure. Um, which, you know, comes with their own expenses when you're buying cars oh, and yeah. Yeah. car insurance for a 17-year-old. So, But you should be in a spot where you are now making more money. You should be able to start maxing out contributions, whether it's to your IRA, Roth IRA, your retirement plan at work. These are some of your highest income earning years. So take advantage of it. Try to minimize what's called lifestyle creep. So, hey, I got a raise. Let's go spend it and buy a new car. No, let's yep. try to save more and help build that's happened that way that's happened happens almost i'm raising my hand yeah yeah Yeah. we've gotten the wife gets a bonus or i get a raise or you get that unexpected money extra money as you grow and your lifestyle grows instead of your uh emergency fund or your retirement fund Mm -hmm. and that's really what you want to be growing so uh i get it that's an easy trap for us and uh, you you can't you just don't get discouraged. I, we found the key, honestly, and I'm not just, this sounds, uh, it sounds self-serving for this show or for you, Matt, but my, when things changed for my wife and I, two things made it change, right? Two things stopped that uh, and have helped us get on the right path, and that is, because we were on the wrong path in our 40s, but uh, one thing was doing a budget, regular mm-hmm. budget meeting to see where we're at, knowing yep. where we're at. And number two was working with a financial service mm-hmm. professional, a financial advisor. That was key. Yep. That got us on track, made us see, hey, we've got to be putting this in here. And so uh, to have you guys, I know when you meet with somebody, you get out the whiteboard and you show, hey, here's where you're at. Here's where you're going. Let's talk about your goals and your dreams. And it's individualized, too. That's what I liked about it's, it. You know, when I meet with you and Jeff, uh, when Sarah and I meet with you and Jeff, that's what does it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and there's a lot of variables. And we a can lot. run projections to say you're going to run out of money at this rate or here's what you can do to, to tighten that up. Sure. And for a lot of people, they haven't even, they know retirement is, exists, but they have no idea what it looks like for them or right. how much they'll need. So right. putting together the projections, having the conversations of what do I actually want this to look like? As you start leaving your 40s and you're, you should be reducing debt, you should be increasing how much you're investing. And a lot of retirement plans allow you to increase your contributions automatically so you don't even think about it. Um, because as you leave your forties, now you're starting to think, all right, I'm starting to get an idea of when that retirement date is. And you really need to start being deliberate with how you are planning because you can't get to age 65 and say, all right, where's my plan? You want to have your plan in place well before that. 
Yeah. Well, I think we've covered a lot today. Um, we can probably wrap it up. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about or add before we go today? No, I just keep saving. If you already are, if you're not, please start. And if you ever have questions or need help navigating any of this, call us at Paladin. That's uh, what we do all day, every day. All right. Well, uh, let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you, Matt. Sure. So you can call us at 651-842-8406 or go to our website, paladinfinancial.com. There's a way to contact us through there. Uh, either way that you do it, we're happy to chat with you and sit down and provide a consultation. Yeah, I think it's fantastic because uh, really what you need to know, what our listeners and viewers need to realize is that they're only going to go through this process once, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm only going to go through the retirement planning process or financial planning once. You guys go through that. Mm -hmm. Your team goes through that at Paladin every single day with people. Yep. So you're, you're going through the retirement planning process and the financial planning process every single day and that's what that's where the difference is so again listeners pick up the phone give matt bryant a call at paladin financial 651-842-8406 and that does it for today's episode of paladin financial talk with our host matt bryant thank you all right thanks everybody for tuning in thank you for listening to paladin financial talk don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Jeff Foley at Paladin Financial. Call 877-219-3199 or visit their website at financialpaladin.com. Advisory services offered through Paladin Wealth LLC, a Minnesota registered investment advisor. Paladin Wealth LLC offers advisory services under the DBA Paladin Financial and Paladin Wealth. Insurance products and services offered through Paladin Insurance LLC. Paladin Wealth LLC and Paladin Insurance LLC are affiliated companies. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. We are not affiliated with or enforced by the Social Security Administration, the Federal Medicare Program, or any other government agency. Calling this number will direct you to a licensed sales agent.